And let us move on to the scripture reading for today. I will be reading from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 18. And I will be reading from the New Living Translation. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophecy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't, don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Never pay back evil... 17 repeated. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. This is the word of God. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, today I won't be speaking. My name is Sangmin, one of the pastors here. Uh, we have uh, Matthew and Jeannie. Matthew and Jeannie have been with us for four and a half years. And Lord has called Matthew and Jeannie uh, out of Korea in this next season and it is you know, heartbreaking for some of, some of the people in our congregation because we've known them for so long. And Matthew and Jeannie uh, are just pastor's dream, uh, in a sense, right? Church is not a building, right? At, at, at the heart of a church is people, and people like Matthew and Jeannie, uh, just as we read in Romans 12, they've served our community well, whether it's by leading worship, whether by being an elder of our community, um, whether it's leading a small group online, offline, just asking us if we need help with anything else. They've just been faithfully serving. And as they wrap up their time, this is not their last Sunday. Their last Sunday will be in two weeks on the 12th. And we're going to have a little celebration after service for them. But I did want to give them an opportunity 
to share. Uh, Matthew as an elder, Jeannie, who she's been such an important part of our community, to give them the whole time. So they'll be sharing uh, not only their story, but really from the text. So I hope you guys are blessed. And they're ready to take over, so I'm going to step out. You guys have two minutes. <laughs> yeah, I think we made Daniel uh, do the preaching there. Man, he's quite a lot to read there for us. So thank you so much. Yeah, as Pastor Sung Min said, um, uh, we're Matthew Whitlock and Jeannie. And we have two wonderful little kids, Vienna, who's eight, and Raymond, who's six, down in the kids' program right now. Um, yeah, we're just so blessed to be here. Thank you, Sung Min and, and the team, for letting us uh, share here today. Um, we're from uh, the U.S., obviously. We've been born and raised there. Um, our last place we lived there was California, and then we came uh, and relocated here, uh, as Sung Min said, four and a half years ago. So it's been just an amazing place to call home. And King's Cross is integral to that. It's, it's really at the heart of it. Um, for us, it's, um, again, just been a wonderful, wonderful journey. Yeah, I remember my first Sunday at King's Cross, I, which is surprising because we were super jet lagged. Like it was like three days after we arrived in Korea. So everything's kind of a blur, but I remember meeting a bunch of parents as we were, I mean, our kids were so small and we were just kind of like trying to listen to the sermon and handing out snacks and parenting together. And I think it felt like the kind of place where you could just be yourself. Um, I couldn't tell whose kids were whose. It really felt like family from the beginning. Um, and that is, that's what KX has been to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also can remember our first Sunday. We had, um, after the service, a chance to come up and talk to uh, Pastor Song Min and then meet some of the worship team and then come up on stage and help Pastor John and some of the others pack up. It was just a place where we could feel these were real people and people that, uh, what we call like sweatpants friends, people you can be yourself around. Um, so it was really cool for us to be able to be plugged in in that way. Yeah. And I forgot to say, shortly after that first time that we came, people learned our names. Mm -hmm. People were, they like told us cacao is the way to go. Nobody texts <laughs> here. And so they were texting like, um, this is how you get your ARCs, and this is uh, this is how food trash works, which is still sort still of boggles mystery. my mind. Still yeah, mystery. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but just like those ways that we were cared for, really practically as well as emotionally, um, stuck with us. Yeah. So as we were saying, King's Cross has really been our home here in Korea. Uh, it's yeah. been a place where we've been able to put down roots, a place where um, we're in community. We can go through some really exciting and fun things, but also some really hard things and grow through that. Um, and it's been a privilege, as uh, we were talking about earlier, like being able to serve alongside of you guys, whether it was a worship team or in small groups, elder board, um, or with the King's Cross kids. It's been awesome to be um, invested in here. Yeah, so sadly, the Lord is calling us back to the U.S. We want to um, raise our kids near family. It feels like time. And um, just give them somewhere to, to put down roots, hopefully long term. Um, we're going to be, this isn't our last Sunday, as Hongmin said. We'll be leaving uh, after June 12th. So that'll be our last Sunday. And we'll be going near Chicago, Wheaton, Illinois, if anybody knows it. If you are in the neighborhood, look us up. Look us <laughs> up. Yeah, it'd be great to have you. Um, also, as I step away from my job, I've been thinking a lot about how do I prepare my team? How do I get them ready for the transition? Uh, and to do that, I'm spending a lot of time training and sharing and encouraging them. And really, our hope is in the same way during this time to share and encourage um, with you some of the things that we've learned and um, 
yeah, we just look forward to uh, a way that we want to look today at how to live as siblings uh, in Christ. We want to press into that idea of being siblings. So would you guys pray with us so we can get started? Hey, Father, thank you for these brothers and sisters, how we love them, how well we've been loved by them, how much we want to reflect your love, God, in the way that we treat each other. Um, I pray that you would bless the words and the silences coming out of Matthew and me today. Um, and I pray that whatever is of you would stick and whatever is not would just flutter away. Um, thank you for giving us this church family, and I pray that you would encourage them through this time. Amen. Amen. So a couple things here. We're going to take some time uh, to talk through what God has done uh, for us and how his love it translates into loving each other. Um, there are three sections we're going to look at. The first section is about caring for others. Then we're going to look at challenging sin and then uh, conclude by celebrating differences. Those are the three sections we're going to be going through. But we also want to emphasize that none of this that we're talking about today can be done in our own strength. Uh, let's imagine Christian community is a hike. It is a hike up a mountain. Okay, so you have that. Who has hiked a mountain here? Doesn't have to be impressive. Okay, yes. So you get the idea. You get the idea. If you were to hike in these bad boys, you'd look real good for a second, but I feel like you'd end up bloody and your journey would not be long, right? We do not want to go hiking in heels. This is trying to live Christian life in our own strength just like knuckling through and trying to make better choices and be a better person and deserve what God has given us. That will leave us bloody and it's not sustainable, right? This, this is walking by the spirit. This is how we get up the mountain. This is how we walk faithfully together in Christian community. So throughout this time, um, that we're talking, we also want to pause at several points and just check, like, what does it look like to do this in our own strength, and what does it look like to do this when we're walking by the Spirit? Yeah, and also just allow the Spirit to have, speak to us. Maybe there's yeah. something He wants to put on our hearts, so we'll, we'll take a couple breaks during the, our time. Yeah. Um, so let's start with caring for each other. Um, I have a really visceral memory of when we found out the first time that our family had COVID. I was down in B1, I was rehearsing with the team, I was with Rachel and Jisoo, and I got the call from the health center that our daughter's COVID test had, had come back positive. And this was, this was like before anyone you knew in Korea had gotten COVID, okay, it was a different time. It was like, <gasps> really devastating and didn't I didn't know what to do. I couldn't understand what they were saying. Um, I was freaking out. Rachel and Jisoo translated for me and there was a ton of information and instruction and what to do and not to do and where to go and who to call. And So they translated for me. It was a really practical help. And they hung up and um, Jisoo just like put a shoulder, put a hand on my shoulder and he was like, Vienna's going to be okay. And Rachel grabbed my hand and she was like, we're going to pray now. <laughs> and they prayed for me and I cried and I left to go start quarantine and sort of inevitably, like our whole family did get it in quarantine. 
um, our brother Corey from community group was texting us and he was like, oh man, so sorry to hear it. What can we do for you? And it's so, it's so hard to ask for help, right? But we were drowning. And so I was like, uh, some meals would be helpful if you can, I don't want to ask too much. And, um, like word got out and our fridge was stuffed and people, other people sent toys and books for our bored kids. Other people sent texts that were like hugs over the phone. You know, we were so cared for. We were so supported and physically and emotionally and spiritually. Yeah. As, as you said, that was just an amazing time, um, to see God's, uh, community at work. Um, God loves us really in these pragmatic and proactive ways. Um, as our friend Lizzie Diddy writes in God's Many Voices, every morning we wake up, we can remember that God sustained us the day before and will sustain us again. He meets our physical needs. He also provides for our urgent spiritual needs, just like Jeannie uh, was illustrating the story. God demonstrates his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So we want to receive that love, that proactive, really like practical and spiritual love that God pours into us. And, and from that place, we want to pour that out into each other, right? Like that's what we have to offer each other now. We're filled up and we can pour out. Yeah, and, and Jesus speaks really specifically to this and the idea that we're, the hallmark of, of the follower of Christ is um, love. And this foundational element of love is really woven through uh, the, the passage that Daniel read for us earlier here in chapter 12. Um, we see the concept both, uh, we see it both as a concept as well as in practice. In concept in verse 10 where it says, quote, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Then in practice we see in verses 6 through 8 on gifting and then 13 through 20 on other practices, you, you know, looking for ideas, go, go there and read through it. And this is something that we see you guys doing so well. King's Cross shows up, um, not just for us, but look at the dozens of people who show up on a Sunday morning to sanitize these seats, to print out kids crafts for the program downstairs, to plug in the mics and practice and, and more. Um, and it's not just on Sundays too. It's, it's, we see how you are in each other's lives. It's Neekin texting Tanner to see how she can pray for him. And it's Songman meeting up with other pastors to play basketball and also talk about the real ups and downs of their calling. Um, there are just so many ways that you are caring for each other really well. Yeah, here's some ways we can look at it. I mean, God invites us to the communion table. So we can invite each other to meals, to eat together, especially newcomers who, who don't have a lot of connections yet. Yeah, and the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. So we pray for each other, and we check in on last week's prayer requests and say, hey, how's that going? Mm -hmm. And Christ binds our sorrows and burdens. Yeah, he bears our, our all of our sadness and our sins, and so... Um, we listen to each other. We weep with those who weep. We meet for coffee and we're shoulder to cry on. And God has provided for our practical needs. So, you know, if you have practical needs, you can ask a brother or a sister for help. If you're the one who has much, you can pay for each other's stuff or send soup when you're sick or whatever it is. Like that's how we can, that's how we can help each other out. Um, and, I think it's easy to listen to this and be like, okay, 
we're going to do all the things and meet all the needs and be all the things that we need for each other. Um, and I feel like burnout is not far behind. <laughs> if you're really trying to do everything and like course correct into the other side of this, um, those would be, there are some kind of some blisters from hiking in heels, like walking in your own effort in this area. And those might be a sense of resentment, um, an unsustainable busyness from saying yes to every need or, or burnout. Um, and I think one of the ways that we can avoid that and walk by the spirit is just to understand uh, how God made you what he made you good at and what he's drawn you to. So, you know, it might be meeting the practical needs. It might be more of an emotional counseling kind of a position. Um, and, and that's okay. We actually want to be a church where we're not just like shoving warm bodies into needs, but we're saying yes to the spirit and how he is calling us and powering us to serve. And we're saying no to the things that aren't a fit. Mm -hmm. And we can also recognize that there's different seasons, seasons in our lives. Uh, I can think back to when we first came to King's Cross. We had little ones, and it was really actually oh, quite so hard. hard to do our service, yeah. like join the service, juggle the kids. And I know some of you guys are in that season right now. Um, but, you know, now I'm in a different season. Uh, and it's been really a huge blessing to be able to serve with our kids' uh, ministry downstairs. Um, they're awesome. We, you have some amazing kids, and they um, are just so full of joy. Um, but it still takes work, right? I mean, it's not just showing up. There's prep work that happens, and that's verse 1, this, um, where it talks about a, li a living sacrifice, and we're being stretched as we serve. Uh, so it's not just a walk in the park. You know, this is a place where, um, where it's you know, sometimes challenging and a place where we do have to sacrifice. But it's clearly a place of calling and enjoyment and a blessing. And for me, the kids' ministry has been a real blessing in my life. Um, and service should be that for all of us, I believe. Yeah, I have seen you come alive in that way. It's so fun to, to watch you be mobilized. Um, so we just before we move on, I want us to take a moment and talk to the Lord. Ask the Spirit, what are the ways that you want me to be caring for a brother or sister in Christ? What do I need to say no to? Um, so we're going to give you just a few minutes or like 30 seconds really uh, to pray this prayer. Lord, how might you be leading me to care for someone in this body? Let's go ahead and pray. Okay, now in the next section, uh, we also want to encourage you to humbly give and to receive challenges from one another. There will be conflict, right? Uh, especially if we're going to get, build relationships and get close enough um, where we really care for and where we're really investing in each other. Um, and when we do that, when we get close like that, uh, all of our sins and our flaws and our insecurities and our baggage can really start to hurt one another. Mm. So it is necessary to learn how to engage in a healthy way. We need to create an environment where loving challenge is normal and part of how we relate. It gives me a lot of 
comfort that the early church was no stranger to conflict. Like God is not shocked when we fight. He is not like, I've never seen this before. What should I do? Um, I mean, the church that Paul wrote this letter to basically couldn't be in the same room together. They had stopped meeting together and they had stopped eating together, which especially in the early Christian church was like, are you even a church if you're not eating together? That was so central to that idea of church. Um, and as far as we can tell, they had split along ethnic lines, um, class lines, and ironically, religious lines. So um, I've been reading Scott McKnight's Reading Romans Backwards, and he explains that essentially we had Gentile Christians and Jewish Christians in the Roman church the Gentile Christians were generally of a higher class. Um, they were afforded more privileges by the government in Rome, and they considered themselves morally superior because they knew we have freedom in Christ. We don't have to be circumcised. We don't have to keep kosher. We live in that freedom. Meanwhile, the Jewish Christians, well, they thought they were morally superior because they kept kosher. They're like, we're keeping the ancient law that has been handed to us by God. And also the scriptures came through us. And also the Messiah came through us. Like we were to this part, we came to this party first. And so um, that was a really divided church. And it was a huge reason why Paul wrote this letter in the first place. Yeah, and what does Paul do? Does he just kind of sit back and let them kind of keep this divide? No. He, he, he really steps into it, um, and he sees this diverse group, and he says, no. Lovingly and stubbornly, he challenges them. And he says things like, don't copy the world. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Hate what is wrong. He's trying to convict them and bring them to repentance because he loves them. Paul knew to do this because that's precisely what happened to him on the road to Damascus when the Lord called him. God goes, does this with us too. He loves us too much to allow us to kind of let this, this sin in our lives stay there and get worse. Um, he doesn't want that sin to destroy us. Instead, the Holy Spirit convicts us. He lovingly and stubbornly draws us towards repentance in another letter, Paul describes this kind of conviction as, quote, the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience that leads us away from sin and results in salvation. So what this means is that sometimes to truly love each other, we have to be willing to humbly give and receive um, feedback on something that might be a little off in, in a, another believer's life. We're not talking about going outside the church and being like, stop sinning. Um, but we are talking about being honest with each other when there's something kind of off. And like Paul says, we, in order to really love each other, we need to hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Um, I mean, a lot of times when we're faced with this, this idea of sort of loving, humble confrontation, we have three tendencies or fallacies, just depending on your personality and your upbringing and all that stuff. And the first one is just to ignore it. Like, okay, I know that that sister or brother is, is for sure unambiguously choosing sin, but I'm going to find reasons not to talk to them about it because it's so awkward. The next tendency, often in a different person, is like accusation, 
condemnation. I'm going to boldly go and I'm going to confront that person. I'm going to show them what they're doing wrong. I'm going to make them choose to do right. Um, which is not the spirit of God. That's just not how the spirit, like you read that the godly sorrow leads us to repentance. It doesn't speak that voice of, of accusation. Um, and then the, the third tendency is we, we kind of avoid it with the person that we need to talk to, but we definitely talk about it with each other and just like, I don't mean to gossip, but like, I'm really grieved at what that other person is doing. Do you think it's, should I talk to them? I don't know. And just to do that for like months. Um, so those are the three tendencies to ignore, to accuse, to gossip. We all have our favorite. Um, yeah, speaking for myself, the first one to kind of ignore it or or not spring into action is is where I would default towards. Um, this is one I've been so slow to learn to do well. Um, but in marriage and close friendships that we have, this is really an opportunity for us to learn this and to learn to do it well. Uh, and for me, Jeannie has been obviously instrumental in that growth uh, as we pray together, as we study the word together, uh, as we serve together, and even have heated discussions. I mean, this is kind of... Never. <laughs> Not us. Us fight. Um, and it comes from people in the church as well. I was, I was a few months ago, I was texting with a friend of mine who's a longtime prayer partner. Her name's Becky. And I was kind of venting because I was frustrated that Matthew was working late hours and she listened. She was really empathetic. She was like, I'm sorry, this is such a hard time for you. And she also gently pushed back. And she said, does Matthew know that you appreciate him providing for your family? Does he know that you respect his work ethic? And I'm going to be honest, my first reaction was like, not thank you so much, sister, for convicting me. <laughs> like That's not where I started. I felt really prickly and I felt defensive. And I was like, why can't you just listen? Um, but it was ultimately, it was a healthy word for our marriage. It was a necessary word for us. And I'm really grateful that Becky had the courage to, with love and sympathy, to push back. We need people in our lives like that. Yeah, another example of that is uh, where we live, there's a small little road that leads, it's a dead end road that leads back to our house. And there's not a lot of parking in our neighborhood and some guy for months was like parking me in and that's okay, like we can call him up, but the problem was he'd never answer the phone. So uh, first oh, thing in the morning, <laughs> yeah, first thing in the morning, I'm trying to go to work, I'm getting cabs left and right. It was really super, super He painful. was so mad. So mad. Um, but that's not the story. So uh, the, um, where this really goes is, you know, a couple months ago, we're um, reading the Bible with the kids and talking through application of the passage we we're in. And Raymond and Vienna are like, so does this mean like you're supposed to love and forgive the guy who's park parking you in? It's like, dang it. Oof. Um, and it's true. Like Raymond and Vienna weren't out to point out sin in my life or weren't out to get me. Um, they were, you know, simply trying to connect the dots, right? They're just like, how does this all apply? And how does this add up in your life? Um, so yeah, as a parent, super cool. It's like, oh, awesome. They're like starting to figure this out, but also a convicting moment for me. Um, but as Jeannie was saying, we need those people in our life tracking with us, asking questions, um, loving us, and helping by calling things out that need to change, calling out sin. Yeah, so I think 
kind of back to those basic personalities or your life experiences, it may be that as you listen to this, um, you kind of have one or two directions that you're naturally going. One is like dry mouth, sweaty palms, shaking inside to even think about this kind of confrontation, like peacemakers. Um, we do not like to do it this way. It's really scary. Um, I just want to encourage you that the spirit can give you the wisdom to do it and he can give you the words and the boldness um, and the boldness. Yeah. The loving, humble boldness to do. I, Tim Keller has this phrase, the glory self where, um, he, he says we Christians, we can see the glory self in each other, like the best version. And so it may be that the spirit is, is going to call you to lovingly and prayerfully and privately, um, have a hard conversation with somebody just to call them to their glory self. Yeah, and just as kind of a sidebar here in the, the talk here today, is this topic of holy and healthy church conflict deserves a lot of in-depth study. Um, that's we're, we're not experts on that. Um, it's not our intention um, to give you a, a complete toolkit on this. But uh, we do want to ensure that you understand there's a biblical framework for that. Uh, but here are a few ideas to consider um, as starting points. So first is come to these conversations with a lot of prayer, right? Um, we need to be uh, in step with the spirit and that's one way we can do that. Uh, we should also come with a spirit of curiosity first. Don't assume that you know everything. Don't assume that you understand the situation in, in its entirety. Come with a deep, sober awareness of your own sin. And uh, like we said earlier, too, come privately. Don't ask around. Don't get other opinions. Just go directly to the person. Um, so the other tendency might be you're listening to this and you're getting real excited. And you're like, I've got five people i got to talk to as soon as service is over. I'm getting the text ready already and I've got it planned out in my mind. <laughs> and you're ready to go. Like, I could guess you're Enneagram type, but it's cool. Um Possibly, if this is you, it may be that the first step in loving challenge is to invite it, is to receive it. If your community group doesn't know that they can come to you with this kind of thing, or your other Christian friends, um, maybe that's where you start, just to ask yourself and to ask the Spirit, Lord, am I like overly defensive? Am I so armored and, and strong that people don't feel they can come talk to me about this kind of thing? Maybe that's where, maybe that's where you start. Yeah. Either way, uh, when the time comes for a, uh, a gracious challenge, let's walk by the spirit. A spirit of accusation and condemnation is not from God. Self-righteousness and fear are not gifts of the spirit. These would be the wrong pair of shoes as we we're talking about earlier. Um, let's slip off the heels and pray, God, please grow me in grace. Help me see this person as tenderly as you see them. And if you're on the other side and you're being called out and you're starting to feel defensive, like, oh, 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 and the, the defenses go up and you're getting ready to fight, um, let's ask the Spirit to reassure us. The ideal posture for us as we come into this is to understand that my perfection is in Jesus alone. It's not me. Um, I don't have to prove anything. I'm not at risk here. My identity is safe in God, so I can receive this pushback without it shattering who I am. That's, that's hard, but that's so true. <laughs> uh, we were just having a conversation yesterday with um, a couple who had 
I think follow the biblical model for this kind of healthy and humble um, confrontation with other believers. And um, to be honest, it didn't go well. And there's no guarantee that it's gonna. There's there's possibly gonna be fallout. And it's something that I think we, you know, we are an eternal family. We're in each, we're stuck with each other. Um, and so it might be a long process. It's not probably going to be one conversation where the person on the receiving end is like, thank you so much. Now I'm better. Um, it can take I mean, a while. Yeah. I mean, even in marriage, sometimes yeah. those conversations, like there's themes that we talk about again and yeah. again. Which is a I'm vote. slow to learn sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, me too. But it's a vote for committed relationships, not just marriage, but committing to each other so that we can kind of be in the process with each other um, on this. So it is. It's hard. It's so good. It's so healthy. It makes us stronger and it makes us holier. Um, and it can be It can be bonding. So um, breathe in. Breathe out. And maybe just check even with your body for how you are hearing this, what comes up. If your shoulders are kind of rising and your brow is furrowing, um, these may be signs that you have had a bad experience with this. And the chances are if you've been in the church, not just this church, but like the universal church for any amount of time, this has you've had an experience or a memory where this didn't go well. Um, and I just, I want us to take a moment to uh, speak to that for any of the times that you have been accused, attacked, condemned, spoken to with a voice that is not from the Father. I'm sorry. And I pray God's healing for you. And any of the times that you have allowed a friendship to fizzle because you couldn't have the hard conversation, I'm sorry. So let's take a minute, let's talk to God about whatever comes up when we think about loving challenge. And you can pray something like this. Lord, will you heal me where I have been wounded and correct me where I have wounded others? Just bow your heads, take a few minutes to talk to God about it. Father, we are sorry for the ways we have not loved each other with your love. Would you kindly heal us? Would you be tender with us? Help us to be brave and vulnerable and keep growing us in this area. Lord, we need your Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So we'll move now to the third point. We want to encourage you to keep celebrating each other's differences. God loves diversity. We can see this crazy abundance um, throughout his creation. And I think one of the places you can see it the most is if you go to the aquarium. So I don't know if, when the last time you were there was, but man, there are so many different colors and shapes. And that's just a place where I think you can see God's creativity like none other. You have these huge creatures that move so silently and these other like little jellyfish that are blobbing around, right? Um, and then these great sharks that move in such a crazy motion through the waters. And as we think about this diversity that God's put 
just into that part of the world, um, we also see it uh, within each other as well. Yeah, we're really different from each other. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed. Um, I was thinking about, when we were preparing, I was thinking about uh, our friend Maya from our community group. She left uh, Korea a few months ago, and she, when she was leaving, she was not running around like a chicken with her head cut off doing all these last-minute errands, like I'm sure we will be. <laughs> she was just like, oh, yes, I've had a spreadsheet for the steps I need to take, and she has been working on this in this ordered, gorgeous, spreadsheety kind of way for months. Like, she just knows what to do because she put it in the spreadsheet because that is her spiritual gift. It's spreadsheets. It's not mine. But I love that God made her that way, and she's, she's using that gift. I mean, she sent me the spreadsheet. So she's using her gifts to strengthen the body already. Yeah, we the church are basically this wonderful, diverse, like, coex aquarium, right, where we have all these different things happening. God shows uh, that delight in diversity when he put us together here. This is also the Jesus who puts an anti-Roman militant zealot alongside a Jewish tax collector collaborating with Rome and says, okay, you guys are going to be my disciples, right? Um, and he does the same thing with, you know, bringing together like a demon-possessed, someone who was a demon-possessed woman. And then also these super fancy Pharisees alongside the, you know, kind of rough and tumble um, fishermen that he had called to be followers. And he just, he just loves taking these people from super different backgrounds and putting them together on the same team. We see that again and again in the Gospels, right? Yeah, we are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. Um, you've seen this if you've been in any Bible study. When you get to know each other, the crazy diversity starts to just come to the surface, and it's really fun to, to be a part of. I remember our first community group in California. We had all these different people. We had a history professor who was like very formal. He always had a different tie. Like every day, he every had a different day. tie and his socks matched. And he always wore suspenders. Bracers, bracers. Bracers, my bad, sorry, yeah. bracers. <laughs> I don't know the difference. Um, and he was just passionate for medical ministry. Um, we had a cop who was in seminary as well. He was juggling a newborn baby and his other family members, and he was just longing for um, this group to be a family, a spiritual family. We had a nurse who gardened and struggled with anxiety, and she's still someone that I talk to regularly. And so I just, and there were more, you know, there were so many people who were so different that God purposefully put together. Yeah, and God used that rich tapestry of people um, to grow us towards each other, to answer prayer, mm -hmm. uh, to be on this journey, um, despite and through the fact that, you know, from the outside, it's like, who would put these guys together? These are just completely different random folks. And honestly, that's one of the great things about the church is we don't pick the people. You show up and you figure out how to love and care for each other. Um, Paul also show, uh, shows what it looks like to embrace um, the distinct ways God made us in verses six through eight. It starts, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Um, and that's part of the, the formula here. Yeah. And again, you know the people that Paul was writing to, they were not celebrating their differences. They were dividing based on their differences. And the truth is, as nice as it sounds to be like, celebrate, you're all unique. 
it can be really hard. I mean, the guy with the bracers, he showed up awkwardly early every week. And I was like, I don't know what to do with you. I'm trying to put my kids to bed. <laughs> and when I say that he was passionate about medical ministry, I mean that he got super mad at our church for not starting an organ donor recipient transplant ministry and like stormed off. So it's not easy. I mean, celebrating diversity is its sort of like really where the rubber meets the road. Yeah, and our marriage can be like that a little bit too, right? These close relationships, whether it's someone in your small group or um, someone you're married to, you know, these differences come to the surface. Uh, you know, I'm a routines guy. I like things that kind of fall into a rhythm. Jeannie does stuff differently every single time. <laughs> Even if she follows a recipe, different every single every time. time. <laughs> um, you know, it's you know, being data-driven versus, you know, being more intuitive. It's... Mm -hmm. um, you know, being inclined to want to talk about feelings versus act and do things. Uh, lots of different ways. And, you know, this can cause fights. Uh, this can cause, you know, friction in, in our relationships. But when the spirit is present, when we're living into that strength, um, on our best days, not always, uh, we match our strengths and weaknesses up. Mm -hmm. And through that, we're an awesome team. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, Paul repeatedly calls us to that here in this passage. Yeah. So it is the world's way and also the walking in our own strength way, like this is hiking in heels, is to just sort of divide by our differences. So, um, you know, in the world, maybe it looks like racism or classism. Let's be honest, in the church too. Or maybe it looks like political differences. Conservatives can't hang out with liberals or even like families with kids don't know anyone who doesn't have kids. These kinds of differences. We sort of just naturally veer toward the people who are more similar towards us. Um, look at the Roman church. Again, they, they couldn't even eat together. So the tendency, I think, is to say our differences drive us apart. That is, that is walking by our own strength. That's what happens. Yeah, but this self-segregation uh, by interests or culture or finances or you know, any other factor um, is not the way of the Spirit. This is not, um, we're not to conform to the world, right? That's what we see uh, early in the chapter. We're not to be squished into some kind of little mold, um, but we're to be people of the Spirit. Um, we are being transformed by a God who loves diversity and makes us different on purpose. That's kind of what we've been driving at here, right? And so we say our differences are precisely what makes us the body. Yeah, so whatever it is you bring, that's what we need. Mm -hmm. That You're here for a reason. Mm -hmm. We need you precisely because you're different from us. You're different from each other. That's why God put us together here. He made each of us unique and put us here, and that is a beautiful and a necessary thing. So it's our heart to encourage you today and moving forward, cherish those differences. See them and celebrate them. Put them to use. Honor them in each other. Um, yeah, all the different life stages and personalities and, and cultures and languages and histories that God has put here together. Celebrate those differences. Yeah, and again, we want to just take a minute uh, in the service here and pause and ask uh, this question here. Lord, how can I better celebrate the unique gifts and personalities of my siblings in Christ? So we'll just take a couple seconds here to, to ponder on that and talk with our God about that.
Now, as we wrap up our time, we just want to thank you for being a wonderful family. You are dear brothers and sisters. Um, we want to also just say well done for so much that God has called you to do. We want to encourage you uh, to build on this foundation of genuine love and care, which will confound and puzzle the world around us. Let love and intimacy fuel engagement in hard conversations, which are part of God's plan of sanctifying you, to sanctifying us. Be ready to receive correction. This is normal. And be ready to hold tightly to what is good. And finally, cherish the diversity God has designed for our benefit and his glory. This is how we live as siblings in Christ. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for uh, this body. Thank you for the gift of uh, dear brothers and sisters that we can do life with. Lord, we just pray that um, you would continue to use King's Cross, um, that it would be a place of, of life, vitality, of, of beautiful ministry and, and worship that goes up to you, Lord. We love you so much, and we thank you for this time. Pray these things in your name. Amen.